Well, last week we started looking at a, a sermon and an idea uh, about the season that we're in, that we're in a season of planting. Um, we spent some time last week talking about what kind of seed are we sowing. Are we sowing good seed or bad seed? And i got to tell you, I wanted to yell at the pastor all week long because in my house with my kids I kept saying, what kind of seed are you sowing? Uh, just really challenged me this week, just that thought process. Um, anyway, I'm glad that God is speaking to our hearts, that, that these are messages that I, I believe bring fruit, that we need to be attentive to. Uh, remember, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is where we started. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to, to uproot. We're talking about this. It's time to plant. It's time for us to be planting. It's time for us to start sowing. It's time for us to be in a season or intentional about sowing. We talked about last week, we wanted to get rid of bad seed and good seed. So we know that we're sowing good seed. I mean, that's where we had to start. What kind of seed? What kind of fruit do we want to get? What kind of, what kind of fruit do I want to see in my life? What kind of fruit am I expecting? And so we know what kind of seed we're sowing because of the, the harvest that we're looking for. As I was thinking about seeds and as I was thinking about the harvest, God began to speak in my heart uh, a message that I want us to look at today. And I, and I briefly talked about it last week, but I really believe he's speaking to me about the potential or the promise of one seed. The potential or just the promise of one seed. What does one seed do? What can one seed produce? Just some numbers I saw. I read this. It said planting one grain of wheat produces a single stalk with about 50 to 60 kernels. If you plant every kernel harvested for four consecutive seasons by the fourth season of plantings, averaging 55 kernels of stock, you'll have 9 million kernels of wheat. The potential of one seed. I got some seeds up here. I got a pump, pumpkin seed. Pumpkins make a lot more seeds. You know what I usually do with the pumpkin seed? I usually eat pumpkin seeds. Throw them in the oven, throw some butter, some garlic on them. They're yummy. The potential of a seed. On average, there's about 500 seeds in a pumpkin. On average, a plant produces five to six pumpkins per plant. I plant one seed this year. How many seeds do I get? 500 times 6. 3,000 seeds. I plant 3,000 seeds next year. How many seeds do I get? 9 million seeds. In two years, I get 54 million, or three years, 54 million pumpkins. All from one seed. All from, I can't even comprehend. 54 million pumpkins. Can't even. You start keep on going. We're getting into billions and trillions and the potential of a one seed. Really, what is the limit to the potential? 
Is it not innumerable? It's only going to grow exponentially. There's a big math word for you. The potential of a seed is only limited by what we do with the seed. I really want us to look at the seed and the potential of the seeds that God has placed in our lives. The promise of the seeds that He's given each and every one of us because I just don't think. We look at this and we see all that God can do with this. We look at this and it seems small and insignificant. It seems little and, I mean, worthless. I throw these things away all the time. But the potential of the promise, the potential of the seeds that God has placed in our lives. When we start to grasp the promise, the seed becomes so much more valuable. When we start to see the harvest All of a sudden, what we do with the seed becomes so much more important. When we can recognize the promise in each one of those, they may not just get discarded. But we might become attentive to how we're sowing and where we're sowing and what we're doing with the seeds that God has given us. I want to look at Seeds today. And the potential of seeds, the potential of, uh, or the promise of seeds that God has given us. There's a story in the Old Testament. There's a man named Abram, and I want to look at his story. Because I think his story brings about the very truth of the potential of a seed. We're going to be looking in the book of Genesis. It starts in in the end of chapter 11. And I think it goes uh, 21, 22 chapters into the book of Genesis. Just the story of the promise of seed for Abraham. God, I pray for your presence this morning. I thank you that you have inhabited the praises of your people. I thank you that you are indwelling us, that you're here with us. Holy Spirit, we give you the freedom, we give you the reins, we give you the the right to speak to our hearts this day. We ask for ourselves to be taken out of the equation, for distractions to be taken away. We pray for our ears and our minds, our thoughts, our hearts. They would all be in line with you this day, that we could hear your words. God, for me, every thought, every word, let it be yours, that your work can be accomplished in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about a man named Abram. And it's interesting, the first time we hear about Abram, actually this is the second time, the first time we hear about him, we hear who his father is. The second time we hear about him, we hear about who his wife is. Abram is identified in Scripture by his wife, right? When we, when we read, uh, I'm going to read this verse. Genesis chapter 11. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. The, the name of uh, Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. 
Now, verse 30 says, Now Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. Other uh, translations of Scripture will say, Abram, his wife Sarai, was barren. Who is Abram? He's the guy that married the barren wife. He's the one with the wife who can't have kids. It's interesting to me that all of a sudden, as we're reading through Scripture, when Abram, what, what we read in the book of Hebrews, a champion of the faith, was introduced to us in Scripture, how do we meet him? Yeah, he's Terah's son, but guess who he is? He's Sarai's husband. He's the guy with the barren wife. But I love that God writes our story. That it's God who defines us. You see, the scripture started to define him by, by, by who his wife was. But God begins to speak a promise to Abram. Yes, your wife is barren. But he had called Terah, or Terah, or however you want to say it, and his family to go to a land that he promised them. The scriptures say they came to a place and they settled there. And Abram, God stirred in his heart about moving forward. God stirred in his heart about going further, about, about fulfilling the plans that God had for him. So Abram responded in obedience to the word of God. Right? So what does he do? Genesis chapter 12. He becomes obedient. He says, I'll go where you want me to go. And God's response to him, there was a promise that God made, a seed that God placed in Abram's life. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The first promise God makes Abram, the the man who's married to the barren woman, is that I will make you into a great nation. How were nations defined? How were nations made? (laughs) It was by your offspring. God's giving a seed, a promise in Abram's life. Yes, you may have been defined as barren. You may have been told you would be childless, but I will make you into a great nation. How? Because you were obedient. It's the promise. It's the plans. It's the purposes that God has. There's a seed that, that God sowed in, in Abram's life. If you continue in, in the book of Genesis, you can start reading some other things. But Genesis 15, God confirms the promise. I like when God says, yeah, that was me you heard. Sometimes I think I hear God and it wasn't me. I mean, it wasn't him, it was me. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think I hear God and it wasn't him, it was the tacos. We'll have some tacos later. God confirms the seed. He reminds Abram of the seed that he spoke with him. In, in chapter 15, it's, it's titled God's Covenant, God's Promise 
with Abram. What does the promise look like? I talked about a seed with innumerable potential. Chapter 15, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. Your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my state is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then, it says in verse 4, The word of the Lord came to him. This man, your servant, will not be your heir, but a son is coming from your own body. Uh, But a son is coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, So shall your offspring be. Talk about the promise of a seed. God has taken Abram through the same exercise we went through with a pumpkin seed. Abram says, I don't see how it's possible. You promised me a great nation was coming from me. And I am childless. Sarah is still barren. And God said, I will. I will give you a son. I will give you a son. There's a seed that's coming. I will fulfill my promise that I've made to you. I will give you a son. And then instead of saying next year you'll have 3,000, then the year after that you'll have 9 million, he says, let's go outside and look up at the stars. Start counting. You ever try to count the stars? Your brain gets lost because you just see more and more. They're just kind of, is that a star? They're innumerable. He's saying the same thing. You have no idea what limit or the limitness, limitlessness of this promise that I'm making you. It's unlimited. The promise that I'm setting in your life, it is as innumerable as the stars. Yes, you may not see it. We've been there. God makes promise. He promises us. He promises us something that we know, and He's confirmed it in our life. We know God said this, and we look at ourselves and we say, guess what? This can never happen. Why? Because of my limits. God, you can't make me into a great nation when I can't have one. God, you you can't fulfill that in my life because of all that I have done. The world says I can't. The world says I'm not good enough. The world says this. I've been defined by this. I've been defined by that. I've been defined by my past. I've been defined by my hurts. I can't do that. That promise will never be fulfilled. We've been where Abram's at. I mean, Abram, if you look in the next chapter, he even, even though God has confirmed the promise, even though God has spoken the promise, he tries to take things into his own hands, right? Well, at least Sarah does. She's got a maidservant. She sends her maidservant in to have relations with Abram because God made him a promise. The promise was to be a great nation. The promise was for descendants as innumerable as the stars. Yet Sarah was still defined by being barren. My reality is still speaking I'm barren. We better do something about this. We try to force the promise of God. So she sends her maidservant in to have have a relationship with Abram. She gets pregnant. They have a kid. 
But that's not the seed that God sowed. Right? Sometimes we try to force. Sometimes we try to make the way for God's promise to be fulfilled. We rationalize. I'm a, I'm a logical person. A plus B has to equal C. If it doesn't equal C, then it's wrong. And so if it looks like A plus B aren't going to equal C, I'm going to add a little bit to B so it equals C. And in some ways, God's just saying, trust me. Because there's promise in that seed. There's promise in the word that I've spoken to you. Just, just trust me. They don't just try to force it, but they, they laugh. Genesis chapter 7, God says, I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. I will bless her that she will be the mother of nation. Kings of people will come from her. Now imagine this. God is confirming the promise, the potential that he's placed in your life, the seed that he's placed in you. It says, Abram fell, uh, Abraham now, he fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. And you will call him Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him. And as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Abram wasn't, Abraham wasn't the only one who laughed. Genesis chapter 18. One of them said, this was the angels, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening to him at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old. Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything that is too hard for our Lord? I think in our lives, God has given us seeds. Just like Abram, he's spoken promises to us. They may have been whispers. They may have come through another person. They may have come through the very word of God. He's spoken promises to us that he's, he, he's wanted us to sow into our lives. But like Abram, like Abraham, we become consumed because we don't see the how. We don't see how God's going to make this happen. So we get in the way and we try and help God. We try and force the seed when that's not the source of the seed. God loves us. And he says, I will make a great nation. There is a tremendous harvest. There's unlimited potential in what I've sown in your life. And we laugh. (laughs) Yeah, you got the wrong chap this morning. (laughs) The message was for someone else. I'm too old. 
can't do that anymore. My body's limited. God says, what did I promise you? God says, what did I sow in you? What was the promise that I made? And, and like Sarah, we just laugh. <laughs> no way. I don't want to deal with a little snot right now. It's retirement. These are the golden years. God said, I made a promise. God said, I made a promise. And you can't even comprehend. Look at the stars. The fulfillment of my promise, the fulfillment of what I spoke to you, the fulfillment of what I whispered to you, the fulfillment of what I called you to do, you have no idea. You can't comprehend the fullness of the fruit that will come by this seed being sown in your life. It is a silly seed. God said there's so much potential in that seed. I can't help. Well, before I get there, I guess we should go to the fulfillment, the outcome. God is faithful, amen? Genesis chapter 21 The Lord God was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he promised. I love that. I underline it. God did what he promised. Listen to me today. God will do what he promised. What promise He spoke to you? What promise you've taken from His Word? What promise you've heard Him whispering? What promise you've seen Him shouting? What promise He's spoken to you and confirmed time and time again? The promise that He made today or the promise that He made 40 years ago, God did what He promised. God did for Sarah what he promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. I will tell you, God's promises are true. And when God promises you, we can trust. He will do it. Every seed... If He promises us something that is innumerable, He promises us something that we can't comprehend, He promises us something that is that it doesn't make sense, it overwhelms us, that our life doesn't bear witness to that, I can promise you He will do it if He said it. God has promised me and He's confirmed His promise to me. I will preach to 10,000, to, to tens of thousands of people. How is that fulfilled where I'm at right now? I have no idea. And I'm not pursuing that, but I know that's His promise. A town of less than a thousand. How can I preach to thousands? It doesn't matter because He said it. What does it look like? I don't know. 
but I trust him. Because for some reason, he sowed a seed in my life. And for some reason, he's allowed that seed to bring fruit. And for some reason, he's reminded me of the seed that he sowed in my life. And for some reason, I was at a retreat this spring, and God spoke the very word he spoke to me 20 years ago when I was at a retreat in college. Why? Because he will do what he promised. In your life, God will do what He promised. It doesn't matter if it seems impossible. It doesn't matter if we can figure out how. It doesn't matter if we know when, if it was the wrong time or if it was the right time. It's going to be His time and He will do it. Seeds of promise this morning is communion and I can't help but think about promise when we talk about communion I can't help but be reminded about what God has when we talk about these elements I always read a, a portion of Scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took bread and when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this uh, cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The cup of the new covenant. What is that? Abraham made a covenant with God. That covenant was God's promise to Abraham. Because Abram was obedient to God, God made him a promise that would not be broken, that could not be broken. Even though Abram screwed up and he laughed and he tried to force things, it would not be broken. That was the covenant that God established with Abram. God has established a new covenant with us. In this cup, we think about all the promise that God has for our lives. How much potential is in this promise? How much potential is in the new covenant that God has made with every one of us. Ryan, come here. Give everyone a seed. How much potential are you holding in your hand? It's just one little seed. One seed. There's not much. There's not. Much that can be done with that one little seed. I mean, Abram only had one little son. I mean, it wasn't much, right? But from him, all the nations of Israel were born. 
much potential. What's that that promise that God has made for you? That promise that maybe this morning up until this moment you may have laughed at. You may have even said maybe he forgot or maybe it wasn't going to happen. What's that promise that he spoke to you? I want to see the potential of his seeds. I want to see the fullness of what God has for me. That promise he's spoken in your life, it may not even make a whole lot of sense. It may have seemed like it was something silly. That promise has so much potential. He may have spoken you a promise about your kids. You forgot about that promise that he said about your kids. But his word is true and he will fulfill his promise. It's up to what we do with this. You've been given the seed. Amen? You've been given the seed. You've been told His promise. Now, the fulfillment depends on you. What are you going to do with it? We'll prepare, because I want that thought as we go into communion. So like I said, you might want to put your pumpkin seed somewhere other than your hands you're holding your bread in. No, that'd probably be okay, but we have an excuse for bigger bellies then, right? Grown pumpkins. We we pictured the physical when we're holding a pumpkin seed. It's easy to put our eyes on pumpkins and pumpkin pie. I I expect some pumpkin pies fall. I'll just say that now. Just sowing that seed in faith. I expect some good pumpkin pies fall. It's easy when we have a seed. We We can almost start to picture that. But you're holding a cup in your hand that is seed. You're holding a cup in your hand that is that is full of, of God's promise, or you will be shortly. And as you hold that cup today, I want you to dream. As you hold that cup today, I want you to just dream a little bit. Dream about what it means for God's promise to be fulfilled in your life. Dream about how great that harvest might be. Dream about all the incredible things that might be coming. Dream about the, 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 the blessings that you can't even count. The fruit that is, that is beyond comprehension. Because He promised. Because it's the cup of the new covenant. It's the cup of the promise that, that, that Walt was reading in Psalm 91 during worship about the promise of God. It's the cup that that we can learn about in Scripture as we read about Jesus and all that's fulfilled in the kingdom of God and all that He has for us in His kingdom.
so often we lose sight of the potential of these seeds. Dream about the promises God has made you. Dream about what they will look like. Dream about how this is fulfilled. Dream about all that He's doing and all that He will do. What is that promise? What is that promise? There's unlimited potential. Who knows the impact? Who knows how great the the harvest, the fruit of that promise that He sowed in your life? That He spoke. That He declared. That He made now. Scripture says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. We thank you that it's through this body that, that we receive this cup. We thank you that it's because of the body of Jesus Christ being broken that we have access to this cup, which holds the fullness of potential, the fullness of promise that we have through Jesus Christ. thank you for the access. We thank you for the ability to receive. And we receive this body in Jesus' name. Let us partake. It says in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. God, the the immensity, the incredible, uh, unexplainable, unimaginable fulfillment of the promise that I hold in my hands this morning. The new covenant. Oh, that promise that's come through Jesus Christ. The promise of my salvation. The promise of the forgiveness of my sin. The promise of the future that you've prepared for me. The promise of of the plans that you have for my children and my children's children, God. The promise of all that you have. The promise of what you're going to do. The promise you've made in our church. The promise you've made to this body. The promises you've made to this pastor, God. Such a cup. Such potential. Such promise. God, this morning we we receive this, we partake of this, receiving the seed that you've sown, asking that seed to be sown deeply in our spirits, asking that seed to find good ground in our souls, in our spirits, that we can produce the fruit, God. Asking that seed to sow deep in our community, asking that seed to sow deep in our family, asking that seed to sow deep in our loved ones, God, and always the promise of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Let us partake. Every one of us received, amen? Every one of us received the potential of incredible, unbelievable, unimaginable things that God can do. I look forward to seeing the promise fulfilled. I look forward to seeing the stars. The, the, the incredibleness where we're like, wow, how? Where did that come from, God? There was no way. It seemed impossible, but now it's, it's not just impossible, but it's happening like she's pregnant. It's crazy. You may have been waiting a long time for your promise to be fulfilled. You may have, have, have thought your promise was long past, but I believe this day God is reminding you He is faithful. Let's sow the seed that He's given us. I might have them sing that again. I'm going to say my words. Lord bless you and keep you. May make His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May turn His face toward you and grant you His peace. And may that seed, that promise that God has given you, produce fruit that's beyond your, beyond your comprehension. Another thing I'll say is, I gave you a pumpkin seed for a reason. Every October, Tara does a pumpkin extravaganza where we give kids the pumpkins to paint on. If some of these pumpkins ended up coming back in October for that pumpkin extravaganza, guess what kind of impact that might have? It's going from a physical seed to a spiritual seed. It's going from something that didn't seem that, that powerful to something that may sow an eternal truth in a kid's life that may not just touch that kid, but may touch his family. It may touch his neighbors. Who knows what God can do? So there was a little bit. Of, and if you want to make some pumpkin pie, that's fine too. Make some and give some to your pastor and give some to your neighbor. That's kingdom seed, amen? Who knows what God does? We're going to eat food in a second. Let's enjoy it. You guys can sing that song. Think about God's promise. But be blessed today knowing that God has, a, has an incredible promise in your life to be fulfilled. Amen?